Hello, I'm Henry, and welcome back to the DMQ podcast, the show discussing enterprise messaging with IBM MQ experts, delivering insight into the vital role that message queuing plays in today's world. In today's episode, we've had a bit of a change of plan, as in the last episode I mentioned we would be discussing security. We will in fact hear about this in the next episode, as today I'm joined by Martin Evans, IBM MQ technical product manager, to hear about high availability in IBM MQ. Hi Martin, how are you? Hi Henry, good, thank you. Good. For those of you that aren't familiar with Martin, Martin, could you tell us a bit about your role here and involvement in MQ? Yeah, sure. So I'm the technical product manager for MQ. So it's my job to work with our customers to understand their requirements and their needs and uh, to interface with the engineering lab. And then as we develop new features and functionality to then take those back out to our customers, share those things with them and with our technical salespeople and that side of uh, our business. So I kind of complete that circle, if you like, of understanding requirements, bringing new features to fruition, and then sharing those once they do get developed and brought into the product. Cool. And could you start by giving us a general idea of high availability and what it means for an application in a business context? Yeah, sure. So. Um, as most businesses you know, rely on technology today to do their business, then they have to have highly available, reliable systems in order to meet customer needs and keep their business on all the time, right? You know, we all now expect businesses to be open almost 24 seven, don't we? And uh, you know, that's, that's certainly the case for you know, the nine to fives for a lot of people and you know, say quite often much more than that these days. Um, so, High availability, I look at that in two ways. So I think of like the data availability, highly available data, and the service. So by that, what I mean is in an MQ context is we have statefulness within MQ. So one of the key features of MQ is that we can store data and forward it on You know when the system isn't immediately available. Right? So we have to maintain that state. So we need to make sure that data is highly available but we also need to make sure the service is available so if we have a system down we may have data sort of stuck in that for a moment but we want the service to come on so I refer to that as service availability with service availability you'll need perhaps more than one system but you're always going to be able to keep that system running or that service available 100% of the time Okay, and in the context of RTOs and RPOs, I've heard about these. Can you tell us and expand on these a little bit? Yeah, so that, that follows on quite nicely, I think, from what I was saying. Um, and perhaps another way of looking at it, you know, so the RTO is the recovery time objective and the RPO is the recovery point objective. So the RPO, the recovery point objective, applies more to that data availability, making sure your data is available. So for MQ, if we take, let's say, native HA as an example, we replicate the data three times. Right, so that data is always available. The RPO for that is zero in a in that high availability context because we can always recover back to where we were. We never lose any data. You know, it's always recovery point of zero, meaning there is no loss. Okay. Um, whereas the recovery time objective, that system could go down completely if we had to bring it down or it came down for some reason. We wouldn't lose any data. So our RPO is still zero, 
but the time it takes for it to come back up, the recovery time objective is not zero. It's going to be a matter of seconds potentially. All right. So that, that's the difference. And to get an RTO of zero or 100% service availability for 24-7 you know, operations, you really need more than one system so that when one is down, the other one can carry on. So you may have some data held in one of them, which is offline temporarily. So your data in that system is temporarily unavailable, but you don't lose any. But your overall service continues to run because you've got more than one system offering the service. Okay, and in a business context where HA solutions that you know mission critical systems would want, such as a bank or um, stock market, they'd want 100% uptime and the lowest RPOs and RTOs as possible. How feasible is this? And in context where it's not feasible, how much loss do we deem as acceptable? So I think one of the interesting things with um, banks is they'll often want an RPO zero because you know, it's transactional stuff and you don't want to lose anything. RTO is obviously important as well, but oftentimes I think RPO zero is more important to a bank, whereas perhaps something like an online retailer um, if depending on the you know on the nature of the actual system perhaps if it was a front front system you know which is shopping baskets and you know the website experience probably the uptime is more important to them because if an order gets lost out of a basket perhaps not the end of the world for someone to have to go and add it back in you obviously don't want to lose the order but if you went to the checkout and there was an item missing from your basket not quite so bad as perhaps losing your um, you know, bank transfer, you know, moving money around, stuff like that. So I'll often find, you know, with financial organizations, the RPO is um, is high. But equally, you know, they do want high service time. So what what you tend to do is combine the high, a high available system with a, a high service availability, if you like, um, by having more than one highly available system, right? So you've got say two highly available systems so in mq's terms q manager one with three replicated disks so you've got rpo zero you're not going to lose any nice messages any data and you'll have very very small amount of downtime you know should something go wrong if you're doing a rolling upgrade you might have a few seconds where things move from the standby to the primary node that kind of thing but by having two q managers q manager one and q manager two you've always got a path for the messages to go down so you load balance across if you use some like uniform clusters where you can seamless to the applications if you like move connections around as you're doing work and keep the service up 100%. So it, it, in which case it's definitely feasible but it just comes at a cost of having that storage on that compute yeah and um yeah so obviously you've got more more hardware and, and more more systems to do that more maintenance um but there's also a drawback in that having two systems inherently means that you've got two paths for the data to take therefore you could potentially have a sequencing issue and some applications can't handle that my advice would always be to try to engineer your application so that they can handle out of order messages uh, i mean a good example is like trading desks perhaps where traders put orders through and then they want to cancel something you don't want the cancel overtaking the order because you know the cancel is going to come through for a non-existent trade. Maybe that gets thrown away, and then the trade comes through. 
and it just goes through. So you want those things to stay in order. Um, that's a little bit more difficult when you've got multiple paths that the messages can take. So you do need to take that into consideration. Right, let's get into some of IBM MQ's HA solutions themselves. So what are some of the different options that MQ provides for HA today? Can you tell us a bit about a few that stand out to you? Yeah, um, so perhaps it's worth taking a little bit of a trip down memory lane and doing a bit of history on how these things sort of evolved. Sure. Um, so, so back in the day, um, we, we tended to rely on um, external systems to provide high availability. So if I cast my mind back to when I first started working with MQ, we used things like Veritas file systems and stuff like that, and Veritas cluster manager and on Unix systems. So they would manage the storage for you and remount things and restart the processes for you, right? So you didn't have to do anything yourself, but it was quite complex. So you had MQ running, and then you had to understand which bits of MQ to sort of restart and or, or watch rather to determine to restart the queue manager somewhere else and you know sometimes you had to write your own scripts and stuff like that so you're very dependent on third-party software and hardware as as things have evolved we started to introduce high availability into the product so i think the next one along would probably have been multi-instance where we built some logic and some intelligence sort of like into the product where it will fail over, so you can have a primary and a standby running against shared storage. So that could be SAN storage, or it could be something like an NFS share, those kinds of shared storage or systems with global lock management, if you're looking at um, some of the uh, clustered file systems on SAN and things like that. So that works quite well. That means that you're still reliant on some third party, if you like, or other external systems from MQ but it's, trip, it's typically it's just the storage and MQ does manage the failover and it's quite fast as well so it's a matter of seconds that's available on um, the distributed systems so Windows, Linux, etc Mainframe's a little bit different Mainframe's had um, high availability built in for a very long time you've got um, things like queue sharing groups and stuff like that so that's, that's always had that high availability option I think I'm not a Mainframe expert but pretty sure we've had a very good offering there in mainframe from the get-go back to distributed then after multi-instance we introduced uh, something called rdqm which is replicated data queue managers and uh, that's available on linux and uh, that is taking that management a little bit a step closer to being fully managed by ibm mq if you like so whereas multi-instance relies on some storage and the locking mechanisms of the storage. RDQM uses a technology called DRBD, which is also packaged into the queue manager and handled for you to replicate the data across disks as well. So we start introducing the full capability into MQ, if you like, albeit using some other um, technologies, but it's all packaged up nicely for you and managed for you. So after RDQM, we introduced native HA, which we brought in, I think, around about the 9.2 era. Native HA is our cloud native HA solution. So this runs on OpenShift, um, any, actually any Kubernetes platform. If you run it on OpenShift, it's managed by the MQ operator, which is a fully supported software from IBM. If you want to run it on non-OpenShift, we have some sample Helm charts that help set it up. So what Native HA does 
is it uses raft um, algorithm con consensus to have a vote of between three systems to elect a leader and then has two followers and the leader is the uh, queue manager that will have all the client connections and take all the data in and manage all the writes to the log disk and all of the data disks and that, that kind of thing and then it will synchronously write a copy to the other two followers and should anything go wrong with the primary one of the standbys will take over so they'll have a vote and they'll elect a new leader and then they'll take over and then when you bring the um, old leader back in they'll just rejoin in as a as a follower okay and the nice thing about that is that all of that's done by MQ alright so you don't need any third-party software any other storage other than regular block storage and MQ will handle that for you and we're, we're looking to optimize that as well so we're bringing some new features in hopefully soon that will uh, optimize some of that you mentioned briefly about multi-instance queue managers can you touch on how they pair with queue manager clusters um, to maximize this solution yeah absolutely so um, just as multi-instance can be part of a MQ cluster um, so can native HA or RDQM so the the word or the term cluster sometimes gets a bit sort of intermingled with MQ cluster and um, HA cluster or RDQM cluster you know it's a it's a word that's used sometimes within the actual point solutions if you like as well so you just need to be careful to make the distinction between an MQ cluster which is between the queue managers if you like and sometimes the word cluster that's used down in the technology all right so you could argue that um, you know there's a cluster of kubernetes nodes doing uh, native ha or there's a there's an rdqm cluster when they're just standalone queue managers that aren't in mq cluster right so the mq cluster is a cluster of queue managers talking to each other right um, and i touched on that briefly when we we're talking about the 100% availability right so we could have a multi-instance or a native HA you can mix them actually you can have a mixture of them all the high availability solutions if you want to in an MQ cluster because that's a slightly higher level if you if you look at that it's more of the queue manager application sort of level and what MQ clusters do is they bring you that service availability so they'll work they have workload management within them they're quite sophisticated in the way they can move messages around and detect whether queue managers are up or down and you, we also have something called uniform clustering which we introduced a couple of versions back which has the intelligence to talk to the client applications and load balance them as well so not only have you got the workload management between the queue managers within the cluster which we've always had now you've got something called a uniform cluster which when combined with high availability queue managers will get you that 100% service availability right so what you would have is say let's say you had two queue managers operating in a uniform MQ cluster that were both highly available should you need to take one down for some reason fully offline for whatever reason you can quiesce that so you can actually suspend the cluster on that system and the uniform cluster technology will move the clients it will tell the client connections to go over to the other one and then you can safely take the other one down do some maintenance on it do whatever you need to do to it 
bring it back up, it'll rejoin into the cluster, and then the cluster will rebalance the clients across the two queue managers again. And you can have more than two, you could have five or six, right? So you get that high service availability, and you also then start getting the um, scalability as well. So then you start introducing the ability to scale up horizontally. So you can just keep adding more and more queue managers. You can scale them vertically, so you can increase the size of the servers that the queue managers are running on, and then you can in increase the size of the MQ cluster to get that horizontal scaling as well. So they work hand in hand, if you like. They Together they form a solution that gives you the 100% availability. Um, of course, there are many dependencies and variables that come with this next question, but if you could think more generally um, to a use case and make an estimate, if you were to plan the architecture for a bank tomorrow, where would you deploy your applications in MQ? So in other words, what HA solution would you opt for to ensure maximum availability and why? Um, so that, that's, 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 a, that's a great question and that comes up a lot. So what I tend to lead with is, well, what is the enterprise architecture uh, that you, you're employing, you know, or what if, what is the dictate coming from your enterprise architecture for your high availability solutions, right? So by that, what I mean is you, you'll often have an architecture board that will make decisions across the entire enterprise as to how applications should provide high availability and high service, right? So that could be that they'll prescribe what storage you use, but quite often it will be at a higher level to start with and a decision will be made as to whether the applications are responsible for the high availability or whether they want to do that with a high availability um, system like uh, like a VMware like system or something like that right and SAN storage so you tend to need to fit into that enterprise architecture and enterprise um, direction if you like to start with if there isn't any of that, then you you, know, you, you, you can pick whichever you think is best for you know, your skill set, right? And I'll come back to that. But let's say, for instance, someone says, well, our high availability, we will manage all the storage for you. We don't want your systems to replicate storage. We'll do that for you. In that case, you might say, well, multi-instance is a good solution then because um, I just want you to give me shared storage that's available for right access between two systems and I'll install multi-instance there, right? They might say, well, we're going to provide a VM that has full replication and the failover time, so the recovery time objective is 10 seconds and it meets our requirement. You could say, well, I won't use any MQ high availability. I'll just use um, a single instance queue manager if you're replicating the storage for me and you're going to move the system around and the IP address and all those things. I don't need to do anything. Right, that's probably on the sort of on the scale. You know, if they're doing everything for you, whereas the other end of the scale would be, no, you're going to do it all yourself. Right? Then you're perhaps looking at things like RDQM or native HA. Now, again, if your enterprise architecture is say moving towards a container platform, and all your applications are container based, then it would probably make sense to put your queue managers in the container. Let's say you're enterprise architecture team says we're running OpenShift across the board now every application has to be containerized and every application has to run on OpenShift 
then it's nice and straightforward. You say, okay, fine, I'll run native HAQ managers in OpenShift and we'll meet all those requirements and we'll replicate the storage. And again, they, and even there then they could be saying, we want you to do that, but we're gonna manage a storage replication, in which case you might again go for multi-instancing containers. But if they would say, we're doing containers and um, we want you to manage the replication, you could use native HA. So it's a bit like you know, the, the age old thing, it depends, um, but there's some of the things you take into consideration. Right? And then skills as well, like say for instance, um, it wasn't containers and your enterprise architecture team says, you're not gonna do containers, one uses VMs, but you need to do it all yourself. Then you could look at something like RDQM, which will replicate the storage on a VM. All right. So I think to, to summarize, it starts with the enterprise architecture and what, what direction they're giving you in terms of platform solutions. Take a look at that first, see if that meets the requirements, and then if it doesn't, choose the MQ solution that fits in to the underlying platform and the enterprise requirements. Okay, thanks Martin for joining me today. In the next episode, we will be discussing MQ security, as now twice promised, um, so how data integrity is preserved and the various protocols that lend themselves to this preservation. Thanks again to my guests and thank you all for listening.